Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. I hope that everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving yesterday. It was a great time just to spend time with family and to to enjoy some good food and watch some football. I will go ahead and get into those games shortly. I hope that everybody's being safe this morning on Black Friday. I know the weather is really cold and some people probably been camping out at stores all night. Some of the stores were open last night and doing shopping all night long, although I prefer to just do all my shopping online. But we do have a great show. I'm going to talk about the Thanksgiving games last night. I'm going to recap the Egg Bowl. I'm going to preview the college football games today. We also have some quarterfinals in the state of Georgia for high school playoffs, and I'm also going to talk about the upcoming college football games this week. It's rivalry week. And what is the biggest rivalry in sports as we preview Michigan, Ohio State, and Alabama and Auburn? And of course, as always on my Friday shows, I will preview the NFL Week 12. But first, let's get right into the Thanksgiving games last night as it recapped with that last game, Buffalo and New Orleans wasn't even competitive. The Bills were all over the Saints, 31-6. to They pushed their record. Buffalo is now 7-4, and and New Orleans is 5-6. and So they are now on the outskirts looking in when it comes to the playoff picture. This New Orleans Saints team is a different team without Drew Brees or even James Winston, who was a formidable quarterback. Who was a formidable quarterback. Trevor Simeon is just not getting the job done. Alvin Kamara was still injured. And the Buffalo Bills, at one point, were the best team in the AFC, is now back on track. And Josh Allen throws for four touchdowns. And Buffalo, once again, looks great at 7-4. and four. Now, these two early games that normally majority of America watches while they're preparing Thanksgiving and they're sitting down at the dinner, sometimes they turn the game off and they watch it after they eat. And that's what we did with the Cowboys-Las Vegas Raiders game. That was a fun game. It was a very sloppy game. 28 penalties for over 250 yards, which is crazy, but the Las Vegas Raiders do get the victory over the Dallas Cowboys 36-33 in overtime. It was just a crazy back-and-forth game. I didn't think the Raiders had this in them. With all the turmoil and the chaos and coming in a short week, they lost to Cincinnati on Sunday. And Dallas was without their two top wide receivers, C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper. But Dak Prescott was able to get the job done getting the game tied. But Carlson, the kicker for Las Vegas boots, a 56-yard field goal. And Dallas was able to get a game-tying field goal with 19 seconds left to go. And the Raiders were in... And the Raiders were able to win it in overtime on a controversial pass interference call. One of the many 28 penalties that were questionable. A lot of holding penalties, a lot of pass interference, 
calls on the quarterback Brown for the Cowboys. He had four pass interference calls that were huge. It seemed like they were turning points in this game. So that was a fun game. The Raiders are six and five right now. The Cowboys are seven and four. They're still two games ahead of the Eagles in the NFC East. No panic yet for the Dallas Cowboys, who will take on the New Orleans Saints next Thursday. It seems like the Cowboys always play that Thursday night game the week after Thanksgiving. And if you look at their schedule, they have an easy schedule. They have a lot of division games between the Washington football team, the New York Giants, the Philadelphia Eagles to close out the season. I think the Dallas Cowboys are going to be in good shape. Meanwhile, the Las Vegas Raiders will take on the Washington football team next week. And are they back on track to make the playoffs? That AFC is very stacked, and I'm not sure, but it was a good win for the Raiders. Now, that first game, I know what you're thinking. Lions and Browns, it was just a punishment for people who really want to watch football. And the Lions do this every year. I know that they haven't won in five years of the Thanksgiving game. And Matthew Stafford made it interesting. I remember watching Stafford and Calvin Johnson, and it was entertaining. And Matthew Stafford made the Lions entertaining. Now, in comes Jared Goff. And the Lions started off pretty well. But this was not one of those games where we could showcase the local kid here in Georgia, Justin Fields. I really want to see him play, but he was injured. Andy Dalton comes in, and the Chicago Bears win it on a walk-off field goal. Say what you want about the records. I mean, the Bears coming into this game, and the Lions haven't even won a game. The Bears win the game 16-14. to It was a pretty exciting game. It was a walk-off field goal. But you could tell how bad these two teams are. And the Lions have yet to win a game. The Chicago Bears will take on the Arizona Cardinals next. And where are the wins going to come for the Detroit Lions? Maybe against the Atlanta Falcons in a couple of weeks. But they take on the Minnesota Vikings next week. And then they have the Broncos, the Cardinals. Yeah, they could probably get a win against the Falcons. And then they close out the season wrapping up their season with the Seahawks and the Packers. How crazy would that be if that was their lone win if they defeated the Falcons? Because, you know, the Falcons' defense makes an ordinary quarterback look like a pro bowler. That's just what they do. We did have some action in college basketball. We had the Egg Bowl last night. I was actually looking at the Fresno State-San Jose State game, and San Jose State has lost that game, and now they're not going to a bowl game. That was the local college team I rooted for when I was a kid. But the Egg Bowl, congratulations to Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss for getting his 10th victory. And Ole Miss looks like they're going to go to a New Year's Six Bowl game. They defeat Mississippi State 31-21. Ole Miss is now 10-2 on the season. Mississippi State, a pretty good season, 7-5. That air raid offense does work under Mike Leach. And Will Rogers is one of the top quarterbacks in the SEC. It was really a showcase of the two top quarterbacks in the SEC, in my opinion. No disrespect to Stetson Bennett or Bryce Young, because I think they're very talented as well. Matt Corral is probably going to be the quarterback that gets taken first in the 2022 NFL Draft. So Ole Miss waits. They'll probably get bid to go to the Sugar Bowl. So congratulations to Lane Kiffin. And is he going to stay at Ole Miss? Is there some other colleges that will be calling him because you have the Florida job opening up? 
you have the Florida job that's open. You got the LSU job. You got USC. Would he really go back to USC? Not sure about that. Last night in college basketball, we had some big upsets. We had Michigan State taking down UConn. Michigan State, they're fu- they're five and one. They lost to Kansas to start the beginning of the season. They're actually a pretty good team that's not even ranked. And then, of course, Alabama basketball, who's always been good, they lose to Rick Pitino and Iona in the ESPN Events Classic. Alabama was ranked 10th as they were going in undefeated. Some exciting college basketball the other day. On Wednesday, Auburn lost a thriller to UConn in overtime, and they bounced back to beat Loyola Chicago. Good for them. I got college basketball thinking... It's going to be pretty great just to watch some sports during this Thanksgiving weekend. We got Duke and Gonzaga tonight. I I don't know if anybody was paying attention, but Gonzaga, the number one team in college basketball, took down number two UCLA. Remember, these two teams met in the Final Four. Jalen Suggs hits a game-winning shot. Now, Gonzaga doesn't have Jalen Suggs anymore, but they do have a very talented player named Jacob Timmy who's probably going to be one of the top players, a lottery pick, maybe, in the 2022 NFL Draft. In the 2022 NBA Draft. For in college football today, here are some of the ranked teams and their previews. We do have college football playoff implications as Cincinnati, who's ranked fourth, will take on East Carolina. Cincinnati is favored by 14 points. It is a road contest, so it's not going to be an easy task. Although the Bearcats stand fourth in the college football rankings. Now, if they win out, yeah, there's a possibility they could get in. Some of the other ranked teams, Boise State taking on San Diego State. The Aztecs are ranked 21st. Iowa taking on Nebraska. You have Missouri taking on Arkansas. Colorado taking on Utah. And North Carolina taking on NC State. Now, today in Georgia, we do have some quarterfinal matchups, especially in the Chattahoochee Valley. Three teams remain. Three teams are left standing. Let's go ahead and start with 4A. Because the Tigers of Carver, who won a state title in 2007, their most famous player if actually if you want to count Jarvis Jones the talented linebacker that played at Georgia and then he got drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers but I'm talking about Isaiah Crowell who over the week he gave back to the community he was in the community he does a lot of great things in the city of Columbus he was a talented running back that played for the Cleveland Browns and the New York Jets he also played for Georgia a little bit and then went to Alabama State but Isaiah Crowell that talented running back the five-star running back that led the Carver Tigers to the state title in 2007. It was nice to see him back in the community. Carver will take on Doherty out of Albany, Georgia in the quarterfinals. So good luck to the Carver Tigers. Now let's go to 2A as the Callaway Cavaliers reach the third round for the sixth straight time in their program. And the Cavaliers of Callaway, who are the defending 2A state champions, are still left standing. They will be playing in Atlanta to take on South Atlanta today at Lakewood Stadium. So if you are a fan of Callaway and you want to make it up to the game, it's always nice to see these high school programs that are still practicing during Thanksgiving weekend. And then, of course, Manchester at Single A Public will take on Wilcox County. 
So good luck to the Manchester Blue Devils. Good luck to all the teams remaining in the Chattahoochee Valley for the GHSAA state playoffs. It's always a fun time to have state playoffs during Thanksgiving week as they will have semifinal games next weekend. And then, of course, the state championships will wrap up December 9th through the 11th. We have a big state championship game on Wednesday in the state of Alabama. The Super 7, the AHSAA state title between the Red Devils of Central out of Phoenix City against Thompson. The Bulldogs of Thompson, the two-time state championships, the two-time state champions. This game will be played on Wednesday, December the 1st at 8 o'clock at the Protective Stadium up in Birmingham. So the Central Red Devils, led by by their talented quarterback, Caleb Nix. He's the younger brother of Bo Nix. He is going to try to lead the Red Devils to another state title. They won the state title in 2018. So good luck to Central. Locally here in Columbus, the River Dragons will have a two-game series as they will travel up to Watertown to take on the Watertown Wolves. Their next home game is going to be next Friday, December the 3rd, as they will take on the Port Huron Prowlers. Right now, the River Dragons are 3-2-2 on the season with 11 points, and they are led by their leading goal scorer, the assistant coach slash player, Jay Krupp. Very talented player. Good to have him back on the team. He also played for Carolina a couple of seasons. But Jay Krupp has got the most goals on the season with four. I tell you, as a local resident of Columbus, I really want to make it out to a River Dragons game. I went to a game last year before the pandemic started, and it is always fun. And then back in the day, back in 2017, I went to the Columbus Cottonmouths. In 2016, I went to the Columbus Cottonmouths, and then they folded in 2017. We went almost two years without hockey in Columbus. How about those Columbus State Cougars and Lady Cougars? They have really been impressive so far on the season. The Columbus State Cougars are 4-1. and one. They got a big game tomorrow as they will travel up to Carrollton to take on West Georgia. Now, the Lady Cougars are still undefeated at 5-0 and oh, as the Lady Cougars will actually have a game today at noon as they will take on Valdosta State. So good luck to the Lady Cougars. Had a very successful road trip as they defeated the University of Montevello 83-55. And they will take on the Blazers of Valdosta State in the Valdosta State Thanksgiving Classic. Their next home game will be December 20th at the Lumpkin Center against Augusta University. Looks like it will be a conference matchup in the Peach Belt Conference. So good luck to the Cougars and Lady Cougars this year. Always great to watch basketball in the Chattahoochee Valley. It is rivalry week in college football. It is rivalry week in college football. And we do have some big rivals. Michigan and Ohio State. And of course, the Iron Bowl, Alabama and Auburn. But of course, there's other rivalries, including Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Clemson, South Carolina, UGA and Tech, Florida, Florida State. But what is the biggest rivalry in sports. I'm not talking about college basketball. I'm not talking about college football, but what is the biggest rivalry in sports? Because some people think that it's a toss-up between Michigan and Ohio State or Alabama and Auburn. I had a poll on my Twitter page on what is the biggest rivalry in college football, and it was 
it was a mixture between Michigan and Ohio State and Alabama and Auburn. It just depends on where you live in the region. Now, it, it, up in the north, I've never really visited Ohio. I've never been to Ohio or Michigan or Indiana. So I really don't know what it's like and the passion up in the north. But I was told that Michigan and Ohio State is the biggest rivalry up in the north. They hate each other. I've heard stories about Woody Hayes tripping a player. I've heard Woody Hayes left somebody that was stranded outside the road that was a Michigan fan. I've heard Ohio State crosses out all the M's around campus. But now, I'm not going to say are the stakes as high as it ever been because in 2006, uh, Michigan and Ohio State were number one and number two and they played each other. And of course, Michigan fell in the rankings and Florida was able to get their way into that national championship game for the BCS. But the BCS is history, and we now have the college football playoff, and Ohio State is ranked second as they jumped Alabama after their impressive victory over Michigan State. Michigan is 10-1. They're ranked fifth. They've been playing great all year. But Jim Harbaugh was hired for this reason, to beat Ohio State, which he has yet to do. This game is being played at the big house. But you don't think? That Ohio State, you don't think that Michigan can beat Ohio State in Ann Arbor? Ohio State looks scary. They look like one of the most talented teams in college football. And I think that they could give Georgia a game because of their offense led by C.J. Stroud and their talented wide receivers. But if there's a strength that Michigan has, it is a pass rush. If you look at the Buckeyes playing in a hostile environment, they haven't blown out those teams. Nebraska, I'm looking at the schedule. They barely beat Nebraska. There were some mistakes made in that game. They barely beat Penn State. These are two talented defenses. This is going to be a game that's going to be a lot closer than people think. I still think Ohio State comes out with the victory, but don't be surprised if Michigan pulls off the upset. Now let's talk about the Iron Bowl, because in years past, when Auburn is decent and they're playing on the plains in Auburn, Auburn usually wins. In fact, they won the last two meetings against Alabama at the Plains. But this year is different. Auburn looks like is in a rebuilding season with their first-year coach, Brian Harson, And Bo Nix has been out for the season. T.J. Finley will take the start. What Auburn wants to try to do is set the tempo and run the football to Tank Bigsby. But Alabama can stop the run. Where Alabama has, the, have the, has a weakness is their secondary Can T.J. Finley get the ball to their receivers for Auburn and expose Alabama? Because this is not the most talented Alabama team. It's still a very good Alabama team, and I think that Alabama will get the victory. They will, I think that Alabama will get the victory, and they will have their sights set on Georgia for the SEC championship game, which I will have all week next week to preview I'm very excited about this game. It's going to be the most anticipated SEC championship to this day. It is always interesting and fun and exciting when Georgia plays Alabama in the SEC championship because there is a history between these two. But I'll get into that next week because we do have some football games this weekend, starting with Georgia-Georgia Tech, which Georgia is a favorite by 35 points. I know these rivalry games are tricky, but hasn't it seemed like Georgia has dominated 
Tech the last 20 years. I know that Georgia Tech has beaten them a couple times, but let's not get carried away. Georgia Tech and Paul Johnson in that triple option offense is a very tricky offense. And I remember seeing them when they played at 3:30 one year, the same year that Alabama played Auburn, and Auburn won on the kick six. Georgia won that game in overtime. But this is the noon game. I know Georgia fans are like, well, why can't we get the primetime game? We're the number one team in the country. But, hey, you get it over with. You win this game. You have time to rest. And then you focus on Alabama in the SEC championship game. Is this one of those games where you try to get cute? Where you try to play some of your players like George Pickens that's been practicing with the first team? Or is this one of those games where you put JT Daniels in to try to try to see what he can do? I just don't know, and I think because it's going to be in Atlanta, and you have a lot of Georgia fans living in Atlanta, it's going to be practically a home game for Georgia. Definitely going to be a sellout. It's all Tickets are always crazy for Georgia, Georgia Tech at Bobby Dodd. I expect to see in the corner, in the upper corner, I expect to see a sea of red, but don't be surprised if it's 50-50 Georgia, Georgia Tech fans. I mean, Tech fans are going to come to this game because it's still a big game. But I think Georgia fans are going to be there as well. Looking at some of the other ranked teams during rivalry week, we have Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Bedlam. If Oklahoma wins this game, they got to turn around and play Oklahoma State again for the Big 12 championship. Can the Oklahoma Sooners backdoor their way into the college football playoff? It is going to be a tall task. But Oklahoma State's defense is pretty impressive. Another big rivalry game is Clemson and South Carolina. Clemson finally gets ranked as they have been 8-3. They've been very disappointing this year. The game is in South Carolina. Shane Beamer has led South Carolina to a 6-5 record, and they are going bowling after coming from behind to defeat Auburn last week. Clemson is still favored by 11.5 points, but it's in South Carolina. It's going to be very interesting to see. Wisconsin and Minnesota, the oldest college football rivalry. And so I come back to the question, what is the biggest rivalry in all of sports? I'm not talking about just college football, but all of sports. Because in college football, you have Michigan, Ohio State, you have Alabama and Auburn, you have Army, Navy, you have Harvard, Yale. The definition of a rivalry is that it doesn't matter what the records are. The two teams hate each other. They'll do whatever it takes to beat each other. And it usually goes back and forth. They're usually not a team that's dominating the rivalry like Ohio State has done against Michigan. At least Alabama and Auburn, it goes back and forth. Looking at all sports, let's start with baseball. Of course, the number one rivalry is the Yankees and Red Sox. They have had a history over the years, trading away Babe Ruth, the curse of the Bambino, the 2003 ALCS with Aaron Boone, the Red Sox coming from behind 3-0 to defeat the Yankees in the ALCS in 2004 and go on to win the World Series for the first time since 1918. Obviously, they made a 30-for-30. If they make a 30-for-30 on your rivalry, then your rivalry is pretty big. They've yet to make a 30-for-30 on the Giants-Dodgers. I know that, to me, that is the biggest rivalry in baseball. The Lakers-Celtics in the 1980s, that was a rivalry. You also have the Keens and Lakers in the early 2000s. 
You have the Steelers and Ravens and the Colts and Patriots in the early 2000s with Brady and Manning. And more recently, I know in the 90s we had the Cowboys and 49ers, but more recently I think the 49ers-Seahawks has been a great rivalry. But in my mind, the best rivalry in all sports is Yankees-Red Sox, number two, Duke and North Carolina, number three, Michigan-Ohio State, and number four, Alabama-Auburn. And then we're going to go number five, we'll go Lakers-Celtics. It's one thing I love about Rivalry Week is that you have bragging rights for an entire year. And the team that loses has to suck it up for an entire year. All right, moving on to the National Football League, Week 12. We already got three games in the books. Let's start off with the Steelers and the Bengals. The Bengals are back on track after beating the Raiders last week. The Steelers are just a mess not sure about the injuries. Not sure if Mika Fitzpatrick is going to play. But if T.J. Watt plays, they're a different team. And I think the Steelers could win, even though the Bengals are favored by four. And it is in Cincinnati. You got Tom Brady taking on the Indianapolis Colts. This is a road game. Brady is a different quarterback on the road. The Colts are back on track. They look like a very talented team after beating Buffalo last week. I think that Tampa Bay... Even though they're favored by three, it's going to be a tough matchup for the Buccaneers. The Panthers and Dolphins. The Panthers, after losing to the Washington football team, they're now on the outskirts of the playoffs. They are favored by two. It is in Miami. The game of the day is the Tennessee Titans taking on the New England Patriots, which now the Patriots are tied with the Buffalo Bills in the AFC East. They will play each other two more times. The Patriots are favored by a touchdown. What does that tell you? That tells you that they are a very well-run organization that can find a way to take away your best weapon. The Titans don't have Derrick Henry, so who are they going to take away in the offense? A.J. Brown, because Julio Jones is not going to be playing. The Patriots defense is going to rattle Ryan Tannehill and try to make him throw picks. You got the Eagles taking on the Giants. Don't look now, but the Eagles are only two games out in the eight, in the NFC East as they are 5-6. and six. The Giants are playing on a short week. It's time to pull the plug on, on everything. Daniel Jones is not the quarterback. They need to fire Dave Gettleman. They already fired Jason Garrett, their offensive coordinator. You got the Atlanta Falcons, who have a two-game losing streak where they have only scored three points in those two games. They will take on the Jacksonville Jaguars in Jacksonville. And even though the Falcons are favored by two, is this one of those games where Jacksonville, who does have talent, they lost to the 49ers last week 30-10. to Is this one of those games where Trevor Lawrence just has a coming out party? Because what does the Falcons defense do? They make ordinary quarterbacks look like a Pro Bowl quarterback. And don't be surprised if the Falcons, who are still alive for the playoffs, don't be surprised if they lose this game. They're not going to have Calvin Ridley. They may not even have Cordell Patterson. Matt Ryan was banged up a little bit in that Patriots game. They do have the extra day's rest. It is a road game. It is going to be very tricky. The Falcons need to run the football. That is what they need to do if they want to win this game. The New York Jets taking on the Houston Texans. It is the battle of two 2-8 two teams. Both teams have first-year coaches, Dave Coley for Houston and Robert Sala for the Jets. Not sure if Zach Wilson is going to play. Maybe Joe Flacco will get the start for the Jets. And Houston 
has Tyrod Taylor, and they had a very impressive win over the Titans last week. So maybe they can carry that momentum and get their third win of the season. You got a very tight race in the AFC West as the Los Angeles Chargers will travel to Denver to take on the Denver Broncos. Very exciting game. The Fox game of the week is the Los Angeles Rams taking on the Green Bay Packers. So we have some monster games. You got the Titans and the Patriots starting at 1. And then the game at 4.30 is the Los Angeles Rams taking on the Green Bay Packers. How is OBJ going to be implemented in the offense with a week's worth of practice? With a week's worth of practice. And the Rams are favored by one, even though the game is in Green Bay. It could be one of those games where weather could be a factor. You got the Minnesota Vikings taking on the San Francisco 49ers. Both teams are 5-5. Five and five. The winner of this game is going to be in a very good position to possibly make the playoffs. The game is in San Francisco, and the Niners are favored by three. The Niners are on a two-game winning streak. So are the Vikings. People are talking about how great Kirk Cousins has done so far. 21 touchdowns, only two picks. But the key is, can the 49ers defense, which is going to get D Ford and Dre Greenlaw back, can they stop Dalvin Cook to make Kirk Cousins throw over the top? He does have some talented wide receivers, Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. And can the Vikings wide receivers expose cornerbacks for the 49ers now what the 49ers want to do is they want to try to run the football and the Vikings have one of the worst run defenses in the league so this is going to be a very exciting game it's that rematch of that divisional playoff game from two years ago so I'm looking forward to it and of course the Sunday night game the Cleveland Browns taking on the Baltimore Ravens which they will turn around and take on the Ravens again in a couple of weeks after the bye the Ravens are favored by three and a half A very tricky game because the Browns do play the Ravens very well. And then the Monday night game is the Seattle Seahawks taking on the Washington football team. Both teams are not very good right now. So that is it. All right, congratulations to the Atlanta Hawks for winning six games in a row. They will take on the Memphis Grizzlies tonight as they beat the San Antonio Spurs over the week. And they are now 10-9 on the season And it is the battle of two rising superstars, Trey Young and Ja Morant. They both average 25 points a game. And I really would like to see this matchup become a rivalry because Memphis and Atlanta are two very important cities in the South. I lived in Memphis. I currently live in Georgia. And I would like to see these two superstars go at it. But if you look now in the NBA, everything is wide open. I don't know what's going on with the Los Angeles Lakers. LeBron had to will himself to win that game against the dreaded Indiana Pacers. He was he was suspended for a game against the Knicks. The Lakers are now 10-10. and They were playing without Anthony Davis. He got the rest to eject two of the fans. He is just playing on another level, but how long can he do this he played over 40 minutes in that game and same vintage LeBron where he tries to carry the team by himself if he doesn't get along with a teammate he's going to trade that teammate away he's going to get his head coach fired that's what LeBron does is this ingredients for LeBron to win another championship 
Time will tell. Well, that is all the time I have on the show. I do want to thank all my listeners. Don't forget to like and subscribe to my Facebook page. And I am always on Facebook, Twitter. And don't forget to download my podcast. And I will talk to you Monday. Hope everybody has a great weekend. Bye, everybody. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been The Sports Beat, with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020, all rights reserved.